The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our latest podcast. Uh, We promised you one after the tender deadline, so here we go. And obviously a lot of news, too, in the fact that the Rays have formally now added free agents Corey Kluber and also... Brooks Raley, so they had a starter and a reliever, and we're going to chat with each of them on the podcast today. In addition to that, we're also going to chat with Eric Neander, uh, the Rays president of baseball operations, not only about the additions, but also the trade the Rays made, moving Joey Wendell to the Miami Marlins. Obviously, a very uh, important part of the last several years, an important part of the culture, but I think it also speaks to how highly the Rays think of Taylor Walls, and we've spoken about that and blogged about that during the course of the year. Let's start with Corey Kluber. Uh, I had a chance to chat with Corey about the decision to come to Tampa Bay. They had courted him before and asked him what it meant to finally be able to connect. Thank you. Yeah, we're definitely excited about it. Um... You know, it's it's a organization where their reputation, their success, um, especially recently, speaks for itself. So I'm re- really happy and excited to be a part of it. When you got into this process uh, for a second straight year, were they at the top of the list because you considered them strongly last year? Or how did you go about it this time around? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, you know, like you said, last year, um, there's interest on both sides. It, it didn't didn't work out last year, but I think that, uh, you know, some of those relationships that were briefly built last year, um, obviously still existed. So it kind of, it made things a little bit easier on that end, uh, you know, kind of jumping right into it this time around. So give me a feel because you also played in the division too. Um, and you got to see them more up close and in person. What has impressed you most about the Rays as a team, as you watch them from an opposing dugout and what's excited you as you've gotten to know them a little? I think there's a few things that, that probably stand out most to me. I mean, I think number one is is the, I guess I'd say the brand of baseball that they play. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, I think, an expectation on on this team's side of the field every night of, of going out there and regardless of who's in the lineup or, or who's on the mound, um, you know, when at the end of the game when 27 outs have been made, you know, the expectation is to win that game. Um, you know, I think that also – watching them more often last year, you know, being in the division and stuff, you can see uh, just the overall competitiveness of the group. Um, you know, I think it, it from the outside looking in, it, it looks like everybody's, you know, pulling for each other on the same page. All that, all that uh, chemistry camaraderie type stuff that a lot of really good teams have. I think you, you can, you can see it if you're looking for it here too. And they also have, obviously, a, a reputation in a lot of areas in a positive way, starting with Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach. What have your conversations been like with Kyle so far? And what have you liked about what you've discussed? Yeah, obviously, he's got a great reputation in the game. Um, you know, the conversations we've had at this point haven't been been too in-depth yet. You know, a lot of it's been um, building relationships and, and kind of getting to know each other so that uh, when it does come time to actually – get down to business, you know, that that's already in place. And, and, you know, um, it, it kind of sets the groundwork for, for a good working relationship when you, when you know each other and you kind of have, uh, you know, that common ground to work off of. Speaking of common ground, since Kevin Cash was with Cleveland for a bit, and so was Matt Cotrero, how well did you know that them and how much did that help here? Yeah, obviously I um, spent some time with both Q and Cashy in, in Cleveland. And, you know, I think, uh, one, it's one of those situations where 
when they both left Cleveland, uh, you knew that they were going to be set up for success. And I think that, you know, the, the success they've had together along with the rest of this coaching staff and, and the team, you know, it kind of speaks for itself. And uh, I wouldn't say it's anything that's probably surprising to people that have spent time to them, know how much they care and, and know how much they, they put into it. I think another group in terms of people who care are the medical staff. Um, you know, I talked to Eric Neander and he told me how much Joe Bench has, you know, gotten to know you a little bit and, what's the comfort level with him and the rest of the medical staff and how much do you think that will help you going forward? Yeah. Uh, you know, like you said, I've been fortunate enough to to spend some time with Joe here um, throughout the off season thus far, getting to know him, um, him getting to know me. And, you know, I think uh, coming into it, I have, have a lot of confidence in their group and, and uh, you know, what they're going to be able to bring to the table as far as, as far as not only helping me with what, you know, my, my routines, my preferences are, but also opening my eyes to probably some new things that, uh, that may, you know, benefit me greater in the future. And from that regard, um, you know, the decisions that you make to come here is not only for you, but it's also a family decision. How much is your family now in Tampa Bay and how much did that play into this? Yeah, I think it was definitely, it's definitely part of it. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, like we talked about initially at the, the success of this team and, and the way they're set up to be a good ball club and have a chance to win a world series. Um, you know, I think that that outweighs everything, but obviously there's a draw of not having to having to relocate and, and do all that kind of stuff throughout the season as well. And from a health standpoint, since we touched on it, how are you feeling health wise and how do you feel physically at this point of the off season? Uh, I feel good right now. Everything feels as it normally would for me this stage of the off season, going through workouts, uh, just starting to, get going throwing and stuff. So that's always an exciting part of the off season. It kind of, you know, that, that next step closer to, to actually getting the spring training to, to getting the next season started. Um, but it feels good. Uh, ended last season in a good spot. And so I feel like, um, you know, in my mind, I've, I've put the, the injury last summer uh, behind me and, you know, I'm, I'm approaching it this off season as if, uh, you know, there's no kind of restrictions. The fact that you're with the Rays now, they're excited, obviously, to have someone of your stature who's, uh, you know, had two Cy Young awards. What kind of example can you be for some of the young, talented pitchers that you've seen with that group? Um, you know, I, I've, I've always not necessarily set out to to be an example. Um, you know, I think that there's definitely situations where maybe if guys pay attention, they could, they could learn a thing or two. But I, I try to, I guess do that, do that through actions more than, more than speaking. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe in trying to tell a guy you have to do something this way. You have to do it that way. I think everybody's unique. And I think that, uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to get the job done. So I think that, you know, the best way to do it for me and, and I do the same thing is you try to watch and observe and, um, you know, maybe pick up something from, a pitcher might pick up something from a, from a position player, or vice versa. Um, you know, I think that baseball is a game where you can always learn something. So the more you can keep your eyes open and observe, the better off you are. Obviously, to grow into one of the better pitchers in the game, you had good examples, though. Who were some of the good examples that you watched as you came through that really helped you evolve? Yeah, I mean, I think the first the first teammate that I really paid a lot of attention to was uh, Justin Masterson, and then you know my first first season uh up in big league spending some time up there um we actually traded for 
Jim Tomey, which, you know, there's that position player pitcher thing, but you watch about how they go about their business on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously a hall of famer and to get to kind of observe him, you know, up close, watch the way he goes about things. Um, you know, I think another big one was Jason Giambi. The, the year he was in Cleveland with us, uh, he made a big impact on me as well. Well, we're looking forward to you having a really big impact on the mound first and foremost, uh, on and off the field with this group. And we look forward to you being in Tampa Bay here in 2022. Thanks. I'm excited too. Really good stuff from Corey Kluber, and we appreciate him joining us on our podcast. And we also had a chance to talk to the Rays' newest reliever, Brooks Raley, someone that Tampa Bay really believes can help them in high leverage situations. Uh, He struck out 40-plus percent of the left-handed batters he faced. Um, He's been extremely durable when he pitched five years in Korea as a starter, uh, and he's really adjusting well to the relief role in Tampa Bay you know, normally does not give multi-year deals to relievers. So I chatted with him about what made the Rays a special place to want to come to. I'm excited because it was kind of one of the places I had at the top of my list. Uh, I think this is known throughout the baseball community as one of the best places to develop as a pitcher and improve, even if it's um, in in marginal ways. But but just getting that structure and that, you know, laying bricks to, to, to have a foundation to be the best player that you can be. And so that was very attractive to me. Um, I was a uh, big in R&D when I was in Korea trying to figure out what, what my shapes were, how to miss bats, how to get soft contact. So I kind of did some of that on my own. And then I, it progressed as I came over, playing with Cincinnati and Houston. Um, and then I just wanted to take that next step. So it was uh, it was cool to have them call and, and want to make this work. It was a it was something that we we're both mutually pursuing, and I'm glad it worked out. When you knew you were going to free agency, was this one of the teams in your mind that you talked with your agent with and said, "Hey, if it works out, it would be. A, it seems like it would be a good fit from what I've seen from afar." And look, you saw them up close. You saw them in the playoffs last year too. Yeah, from afar, definitely. You, you have to appreciate what they've done. Um, so many great pitchers have come through here, um, named and in, in, in 4A players and. Minor leaguers and, and prospects. I mean, they've done it all with with lots of different players, lots of different arm slots. And um, for me, it was kind of one of those things that I, I wanted to go to a place where I felt like I was going to improve. I feel like so many baseball players, um, you know, you want to have good stats, you want to do all that kind of stuff, but you also want to know and, and that you did all you could to be the best version of yourself. And for me, that was that was here and. Um, it became more evident as I uh, spoke with the with the staff. And like I said, it, it wasn't a place that I thought would call. Um, I felt like I would probably end up on the West Coast or, or in the Central just with the left-handers and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, they, they came out and said, hey, we really like what you do. And uh, we like you as you are. We're not going to change a lot, but we think we can help you just kind of take that next step. And that was very attractive to me. How encouraging is that? Because that's what I've heard from so many guys who come over here. They don't try and change you and mold you into something. They try and create the best version of what you already have. Right. You know, I, I think that speaks volume to to how they coach and how they, uh, you know, um, I guess provide or, or share information. You know, we're all different. We're all, um, you know, I'm more of like a feel or a, or a, talking through something as movement and other people are very analytical. And um, so there's field guys and there's analytical guys. And, and I feel like their message just speaking to them, you know, they, they realized pretty quick how, how to communicate. And so it was very, um, 
eye-opening and, and, and welcomed just because sometimes that they can have all the, I mean, a lot of teams have great information, but it's how they uh, portray that message to you to uh, make you not only feel comfortable and be all in into that because that's everything, confidence and, and conviction. So um, I feel like the, the track record speaks to itself as their ability to do that. You worked with a guy who, who's not with the Astros this coming season in Brent Strong, who has a great reputation in that regard. How helpful was he? And what have your initial conversations with Kyle been like? Because I have Colin McHugh and Charlie Morton spoke highly of both of them in different ways. Yes. Um, Strami was, was great. I, I'll never forget my first meeting. He was like, man, you're really good. And uh, I remember saying, man, that's the first time I ever came at a meeting really feel like on cloud nine in a, in a major league meeting. So um, just that, just giving me that vote of confidence and, and giving the opportunities that he did. Um, I feel like their, their analytical department and their bullpen coach, Josh Miller and uh, Murphy the last year, you know, helped me take, continue to take steps forward. Uh, but, you know, Kyle kind of being cut from that same cloth of communication, open lines and um, wanting the best for the player and making that evident in, in everything he's done. You don't hear article or see articles written about these guys specifically and what all they've done. It's always been about the players. And um, that's very empowering and very refreshing. And, and I just really have a, a lot of respect for guys that approach the game that way because they know how hard it is. They uh, And they're students of the game, even as, uh, you know, as elite and well-versed as they are, they're, they're always learning, always trying to improve. And you mentioned always trying to improve. For our fans who haven't seen you pitch much, uh, if at all, what are your strengths and how do you hope to improve in 2022? Um, I'm, I think most people uh, would label me as a, uh, a very good left-on-left matchup. Um, I get a lot of swing and misses, got a really, really sweepy slider. Uh, I can throw a, a running two-seam that, that gets a lot of soft contact and whiffs on occasion, but um, I feature a cutter, a slider, a curveball, uh, which curveball and slider can be a little blended at time, but a lot of, a lot of movement on both of those, a little bit of difference on velocity, uh, a sinker and a, uh, a four seam and a, and I'm working on a changeup. So, um, definitely come from the, from the starter cloth, um, always needing a, you know, trying to figure out that third time through the lineup, especially in Korea. Um, and so just using that repertoire now as a reliever, and, and, you know, maximizing, you know, the different shapes that are needed to get certain types of hitters out, you know, hitters are profiled just like pitchers are. And uh, my six pitch mix has uh, done well for me and uh, it, it plays to both sides of the plate. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of taking that next step if it's sequencing or, or location or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm really, really excited about that. It's very rare for a reliever to have that many offerings. And obviously Korea did a lot for you in that regard. How much did Korea help you? And you obviously proved also to be durable. How much do you think that also helps you? I think you pitched what, like between 175 and 190 innings every year you were there. Yeah. I, uh, not to toot my own horn. I don't really like to do that, but, um, I had five years there and threw about on average 180 innings. And that was big for me as a player. I wanted to prove to myself that I could make 30 starts, throw six innings a game and pitch deep into ball games. And, um, just doing that year after year, uh, staying healthy, obviously is, uh, part of the game. And, and then coming back, I knew it wouldn't be a toll on innings, but it would be more of how efficient can I be and warmups and throwing back to back days and doing some things that I hadn't done in a while. So, adjusting to being a reliever is uh, definitely a prog- uh, process, but I 
you know, speaking to Kyle, I feel like uh, some of the things that these guys do to activate and uh, prepare to throw and relieve, I was like, man, I don't, I don't really whole, know a whole lot about all that. So I was really excited about some of the stuff that he mentioned and just preparing to throw as a reliever versus, you know, your hour, two hours to, to kind of prep for a game as a starter. So like I said, I'm really excited about what is to come um, and being the best version of me. And how important was it for you just to get it done, um, especially with what's going on in the game right now and and going into the holiday season with a young family? I'm sure you you want to had something settled if you could. Yeah, I mean, I, I, time was never an issue for me. Um, obviously, I know that everything is comes in time and, and patience is a virtue. And, you know, I, I went uh, but right out of the gate, you know, we started getting some some real interest in, in talking to multiple teams and my agent kind of informed me that it was happening a lot faster than he thought. And, you know, which is encouraging and exciting, but, you know, I was, I was not going to just pick a place based on a, you know, financially, that wasn't really what was a motivator. I didn't come back to play this game. I want to win a world series and play where I felt comfortable. My family was good. So a lot of boxes were checked here. And so I think my, once my wife kind of gave us go ahead, we were like, all right, we'll pursue that. And, you know, it just all worked out. We we're excited about being in Tampa and, uh, you know, helping this team win. Well, we're excited to have you. Enjoy the holidays. And uh, hopefully spring training will be here before you know it. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Neil. That's Brooks Raley, the newest member of the Rays, along with Corey Kluber. Now, these moves obviously are very significant. I had a chance to chat with President of Baseball Operations Eric Neander uh, about those, but also the decision to trade Joey Wendell, uh, as we chatted uh, earlier here on Wednesday, uh, yeah, not a not a fun one. I, look, any any time that you, you say goodbye to a player that uh, that's been here a while, uh, they're they're difficult, you know. And that's that goes for a Brent Honeywell, you know, some someone that's been through what he's gone through. It certainly goes for Joey, and he he has been here the last four years as we've we've really got our competitiveness back on track and he's he's been a part of four really good successful clubs and that's just a, a small part of what joey's meant to this organization you know the, the selflessness the quality of the teammate the you know, we often talk about the buy-in that, that our players have um, for what kevin asked of them kevin cash asked of them what the staff asked about him. joey's front and center and you know being the ideal example um for for that type of approach to winning playing winning baseball. So that's, that, that, that is tough. And it's, you know, I know a lot of it's mutual. I know how much Joey and Lindsay and their family love being here and um, just how much we think of him. It's, it's hard, but I would also say that you want it to be hard. If, if those conversations and those decisions aren't hard, then we're not doing everything that, that we need to be doing to uh, create the best environment possible for our players and their families. Eric, you've always spoke about the fact that you're not going to block a path to a young player you feel is ready. How much of the deal speaks to the readiness of either Taylor Walls and or Vidal Bruan? Um, and how much of it also speaks to the return you got in Cameron Meiser, Meisner, the outfielder from the Marlins? Yeah, a little. I would say it's it's some of both. Um, Cam Meisner is a player that we've, we've liked for some time and appreciate the – the, the defensive abilities, appreciate the physical abilities, the power, uh, and, you know, with reps, I think there's some things that, that'll get cleaned up with the, the hit tool, you know, and, and the contact. Um, but uh, so, you know, certainly excited with, 
with bringing him in and it's a really nice fit within our organization and uh, where, where he'll slot in from a developmental standpoint. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, yeah, we, we, we've, you know, our, our minor league systems wanted a historic rate last year, triple a, you know, the Durham club was regarded as one of the, the best minor league clubs in recent memory and for good reason. And, you know, there's players there that, um, that played a big part in that, that are, you know, nearing a point of graduation, so to speak, or at least meriting the opportunity to, to, to be in a spot to, to really compete for, for major league roles and, and at bats. So uh, Brew and Wallsy are two of them for sure, without question that would be in that mix, but uh, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the winter plays out and uh, there could be additional competition from the up the outside, but yeah, we just, we felt okay about what we have that uh, for the type of return we were getting that it was the right thing for us to, to do. And, We'll see, but certainly wish Joey nothing but the best. And like I said, think the world of him, think the world of him as a winning baseball player. And we'll, we'll miss all that too. Certainly. And you also have added, um, you know, the, the moves that you've made in the past week have created the ability to add via free agency, Corey Kluber and also Brooks Raley. Let's touch on Corey. First of all, you pursued him last year. Um, was he your top priority in the starting pitching category this year? Yeah, I think, uh, just, you know, and perhaps the, the, the trail in this particular pursuit by trade then by free agency and now by free agency, again, a lot of familiarity was built up, um, you know, a, a, a pretty sound knowledge base in terms of where he is in his career, what's important to him and to Amanda uh, on a personal level, his wife, uh, and then just uh, where he is physically um, and had a chance this winter to to spend a lot of time with him, have our medical staff spend time with him and came away believing that he's the ideal fit for, for our group. Um, and both for what we believe he's going to provide us on the Hill and the type of example that he will provide without having to, to try to be anything other than himself the type of example he will provide to our young, impressionable, highly talented arms that uh, we all saw last year. Where is he more valuable to you, Eric? Is it what he can do on the mound or how he can benefit McClanahan, Boz, Rasmus, and Patino as Charlie Morton had an impact on guys a couple of years ago? Yeah, I, it's the mound for sure. I, look, it, I mean, we're going to we, – we'd offer him a, a coaching opportunity if it was just the latter. <laughs> so we uh, – Definitely on the mound, and uh, you know we're we're optimistic about what he can provide there. But it does go hand in hand, you know, the example and the influence he can provide. That's 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 really important. And it's if that's not there, he's not someone we'd pursue. Uh, with it being there, you know, the all the accomplishments from the innings to the Cy Youngs to just everything that he's endured as a professional player. Um, that that just puts us in a position where we we want to round up you know, to get a deal done wherever, wherever that we're kind of thinking about drawing lines and stopping ourselves in a bidding process, you know, that's the kind of stuff that motivates you to round up because it does matter. You can't fully quantify it, but we've, we've seen it, you know, over the last several years, just what a, what an impact it can make um, to pitchers and position players alike when you have people like that in your clubhouse. And, and it is something that is really important to us. And the innings that he can eat, how valuable can that be also? Because you probably will have some limits on some of the younger guys. Yeah, yeah. How we, we feel really good about our options in terms of the innings, but because we have a pretty good number of, of possibilities that we like, but 
across the board, a lot of them will be limited at the same time. And, and so how that all fits together, time will tell. Um, you know, admittedly, Corey was someone we brought in because of the the anticipated quality, uh, more so than someone that, you know, we've got earmarked for 200 innings of, quant- you know, the quantity part of it. So um, we'll see. we got to get to know him first. got to put him in the best position to succeed. And, you know, we've had a recent uh, blueprint of sorts in 2019 with with Charlie and and his build up is probably something similar to what will how we'll approach this with Corey you know a little slow out of the gates make sure he's he's where he needs to be that he's sound physically mechanically uh and prioritize the quality out of the gates and then we'll uh if he responds well we'll we'll continue to grow it from there but um you know do feel like we've got a really flexible group but also a group that's very talented and again the quality with him is the big part um, we'll, we'll build on the quantity as we go. And then Brooks Raley, you rarely go multi-year for relievers. Why, why was he the guy and, and why that commitment? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, I think it, we, we see Brooks as a, as a high leverage left-hander. That was a, a priority for us and someone that you know, was, was at the top of our list in terms of a player we, you know, we, we felt we needed. Uh, and, you know, it's it's not an overpowering fastball, but there's depth to the repertoire. His feel for his breaking balls, the command. Uh, it's it's something where we we see a high leverage uh, lefty and somebody that like just about every lefty uh, is is going to be better suited to to win the left on left battles. But there's a lot that we see that with greater opportunity against right-handed hitters that. Um, he's going to, he's going to be plenty successful there as well. And so, you know, you look at the ability to, you know, to generate strikeouts, to limit walks, to limit hard contact the way he does. They're all at pretty extreme points on the spectrum. Um, and uh, that's, that's something that speaks for itself and just felt that where he is in his career and all that he's experienced, you know, going to Asia, going to Houston for a few years, that just there's some benefit to the stability, the confidence that that shows him and uh, that we're going to get a lot more out of him because of it. And we'll be more than happy to have him on, you know, that, that contract um, for, for a few years here. And then you also t- came to terms of Jimon Choi, tendered 13 arbitration eligible players. Were you hoping to get more of those done just because of what may lie ahead in the, 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 the odd offseason? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I don't know if we were hoping to. I think there's conversations you have just to see if uh, with a group that large, if anybody wants to save some work on the back end and address it now. Yeah, we were open to having those those conversations, but yeah, those are those are personal choices and um, it, it, it takes two to engage on that stuff. And uh, it's it's all well and good. There'll be there'll be a time to, to work through the process with those we tendered and um yeah, no, no big deal. But certainly, uh, with with G-Man to get that done now, uh, it's one less thing we got to worry about uh, going through the arbitration process later. And felt it was a fair number for uh, from our perspective, and they felt the same. And like I said, one less thing to worry about later. And glad to get it done. And lastly, with the with the tightness of the roster, you had to make some moves. You traded Jordan Luplo on the heels of Mike Brasso. Is a right-handed bat addition a need right now? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I recognize what I'm about to say, you know, we'll contradict those moves. But yeah, you, you look at the, the complexion of our club. I think that's something we'll be on the, the lookout for uh, over the next several months. So uh, we'll see. You know, we, we do have some 
switch hitting options internally that you know, see how they, you know, what kind of uh, how they play, you know, and, and how things go. And maybe they take some at bats against lefties as well. And that helps, but yeah, it's safe to say that that's somebody that can, you know, and more offensive first type that can help us against left-handed pitching. We, we have space for that, I think on the roster and we'll be on the lookout. And, you know, when it comes to taking Jordan and Ross and, and, putting them with other clubs, uh, not, not easy decisions. And part of that really trails back to the number of pitchers we're carrying that are injured and rehabbing, and you never know what you're going to get on the backside of it. And it, it does restrict the roster and some of the things you can carry through the winter um, before the 60-day IL opens back up. Eric, good stuff. We appreciate a few minutes. I know you got more to do, so thanks for being with us. All right. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. That's Eric Neander, the race president of baseball operations, and we certainly appreciate his time as well as that of Corey Kluber uh, and also Brooks Raley for joining us on the podcast today. We have plenty of content on our blog, raceradio.moblogs.com. We welcome you to go there. We've got all kinds of analysis and details on what occurred. And now, you know, potentially uh, there could be some more news before the midnight deadline. We'll post it there as well if it happens. And if not, obviously, we'll uh, keep you attuned as to what's going on, either via this podcast or on our blog. We thank you so much for joining us. We hope you're having a great start to the holiday season and we'll chat with you soon.